Welcome, and thank you for listening to Optics in Action, where we showcase leaders with vision and clarity. My name is Ryan Weiss, founder and CEO of EPS. Our team is focused on enabling companies to align people and process for increased revenue, profitability, and scalable growth while reducing the frustrations of your employees and customers. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. Let's get to our next guest. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Optics in Action, where we spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And I'm honored today to have Dottie Posto with us. She is the founder of In Plain Sight, and she's an executive coach. So Dottie, welcome. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into some questions. Excellent. So my background is I started out in business, and I was in training. I was a business analyst. I was a project manager. And as a project manager, I often got does not play well with others on my report card, as my husband and I used to playfully call it. And it wasn't until I was introduced to change management during that one of my um, stints as a project manager. And then I became the manager of change management at Harley Davidson and later the uh, manager of organizational development. And I learned a lot about aligning our gifts and talents to the work that we do. And so what I learned was that a lot of the gifts and talents I had were not related to project management. And so the project management I got very skilled at, and yet it was, it took so much energy that I was not always the best, you know, I I didn't always give my best or I didn't, you know, others didn't get the best of me. They got controlling and aggressive and condescending and all these other, you know, things that I would get. Well, wow. That's so, so you had some self-awareness along the way of you were in a role, you, you came to some self-awareness that. Um, that there were some things that weren't working or that, that weren't sort of uh, happening the way you wanted them to or the way the others wanted them to maybe. So uh, so that sort of brings you along. So you're at Harley Davidson. That's pretty cool. And uh, I've, I've, you know, I'm probably reaching that age in life where I probably want one of those in the next couple of years. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not as young as I used to be. Like sport bikes and stuff are, are not as interesting anymore. So, uh, but that's that's really awesome that you came to that self awareness. So, like, can I pause you... you for a second? Yeah, yeah. That self awareness came, and which is why I do what I do. Part of why I do what I do is I requested a coach the first time I was sent to training for my does not play well with others. And then I knew that whatever I learned wasn't going to stick unless I had some regular interaction with someone who was helping me. And so I hired a coach. I hired like my first three coaches and then I didn't have a coach for a while. And I got assigned a coach because another time I got the does not play well with others. Again, I was in a program management type role. And that's where I really started to build an even deeper self-awareness. So that Mm -hmm. self-awareness is generally very challenging to come about on your own. Um, It often requires that outside perspective to help you see what you can't see, which is what, why I call my business in plain sight, because I help people see what is in plain sight for others, but maybe not for yourself. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So that self-discovery led you down this path of wanting to become a coach yourself to help others who might be struggling with similar types of challenges. Is that, is that right? That's exactly right. Yes. And to be able to work with them and their team to really help create an environment that fosters trust, healthy debate, accountability. Yeah. Excellent. So who is your, um, who do you, who is your typical client? Who, who are the types of folks that you um, feel you create the most value for? And maybe people or teams, as you referred to, um, who are your typical clients or target clients that you're looking to uh, support and, and help? What, what is it about them that, that might make them a great client for you? So usually they're small to mid-sized businesses or they're a department within a much larger business. So I actually worked with a division, not the entire division, but with a company within GE where I worked with and what they were challenged with is people were all in agreement in the room and yet outside the room, they were not. Mm. They, you know, and so they weren't meeting their objectives. They were not getting to their metrics. They were and even in the room, even though some people were agreeing, there was a toxic rock star that who was, you know, just this overly aggressive fist pounding on the table. And then someone else who had their, you know, arms crossed and, you know, shut down often in the meetings. And then the other ones who were just like, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. And then outside the room, they're like, oh, not, uh, not happening. Yeah. So, so working with a team like that, because I, I could envision a, a team like that where you've got you know, a, a person who's commanding the attention, commanding the room. You've got a person who, like you said, the arms crossed. I, I had a situation like that um, about four years ago. I was in a um, facilitating a training for a client and there was one person that I just, I noticed he wouldn't even sit down. He would, he actually stood along the wall with his arms crossed for most of the time. And, uh, and I had to sort of separately during a break go in and ask him some questions and try to draw him in. Uh, but so you, you've got these, overly commanding personalities. You got people who have checked out and have decided they're no longer part of the team. You've got, uh, you know, all these different dynamics going on. So what's your process or how do you sort of go through that and start bringing awareness and getting people to collaborate together better? So there's two ways that I tend to work with an organization. Either I'll work just with the leader and do like six months of coach, six months to a year of coaching, because it takes time to build that awareness and to build that capacity. And really that, that's the kind of the first step is building some awareness of really our, the thoughts that they're having. Because oftentimes when these leaders are sent to training, that training looks at and really tries to focus on their actions and shifting their actions. And if all we do is try to change the actions of a leader, it's not going to stick. It's not going to hold because what we do, our actions, what we do or don't do is all because of how we feel or how we think we're, you know, we want to feel or what we're, how we're going to feel. So everything we do is based on how we feel and how we feel is based on how we think. Hmm. How we feel is not based on what other people are doing outside of us. So, the, you know, if that guy's in the room pounding his fist on the table, it's my thought about that, yeah. not the actual that actual situation because some people are like bring it buddy bring it let's have a let's have a debate let's discuss this and other people are are very offended and very upset by those kinds interesting. of interesting interesting no and, and that's really interesting the way you put that uh the the theme that i'm talking about all the time now and the, the theme of optics in action so 
Optics has two definitions in the dictionary. Um, one of them is a technical definition. It's about um, the study of light. The second one is about perceptions and uh, and perceptions of situations and behaviors. And I think it it fits so well as as I talk with you and as I'm reflecting on some of the things that you just said that there that sometimes these leaders might get taught the technical things that they should do right the, uh, the the technical actions they should take or not take and things like that but it's often the perceptions about situations that uh that also play a really significant role in uh in how that leader behaves and how their team behaves and how their team reacts and and things like that so it's a it's a fascinating perspective that you you shared about that um, and it's interesting that you say that because perception is essentially a thought. And that thought is essentially, it's based on a lot of times that thought is based on a habit, a habitual filter that we learned years and years and years ago. You know, my, my, uh, someone I know, not my husband, but someone I know, um, who, uh, works with my husband, um, has a filter of, you know, if anybody ever questions their knowledge, they get so like, do you think I'm stupid? You know, they really get up in arms because there was, you know, something about this person's past that, you know, where being questioned about whether they know what they're doing or not is really a trigger for them. And they get very angry and upset and, and loud and defensive. And, you know, so these, a lot of these habits, a lot of these reactions are, are habits that we developed a long time ago. And the whole idea is to be able to separate and be able to observe our thoughts, which most of us were never trained to do. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting perspective. So how do you, how do you bring that self-awareness? How do you help when you're coaching a um, an individual who may be commanding too much or who may be sort of not having emotional intelligence maybe of, of what's going on around them? How do you help them start to bring self-awareness? What does that look like? So there's a few different things that we can do. The first thing that is pretty obvious to some people, and maybe to me because this is my background with organizational development, is to do a 360, mm-hmm. which is an assessment where this leader is given a review. You know, you ask very specific questions for, of their leader, of their peers, and then of the people that report to them. And being able to give them some perspective of, you know, that this is this is how other people are perceiving your actions and being able to help them understand that that's their perception. Yes. And that it isn't, you know, I can't cause people to feel anything and my actions have impact. And so getting to that, just getting to that awareness of my actions have impact getting to that awareness and then getting to the awareness, you know, building that, that next step of my thoughts are driving how I feel and how I feel is driving, driving what I do. And so for some people, they don't even know what they're thinking and they don't know what they're feeling. And so those are two pieces that we work on and that's what takes time. And some of that we might do thought downloads every day. You know, what am I thinking? What am I actually thinking? Or in a meeting, if I'm starting to feel ire, like I'm starting to get, you know, what am I thinking? Well, how am I feeling? You know, starting to build a habit of awareness of what's going on here and then what's going on in our body. Because a feeling is just 
a sensation, a, you know, a physical representation in our body. It's a, a vibration in our body. Yeah. So how did, so this is interesting. So how do people become aware that they could benefit from your services? So what I'm thinking is that that, that leader, if they're not self-aware, right, they, you know, if they're the owner of a small company, um, they may not be self-aware and they may not even know that you could help them or a leader or an executive or a VP of a large corporation may not have that self-awareness, right? They've, they've been incredibly successful to get where they were. The entrepreneur has been incredibly successful to get where they are. And, uh, and so how do you flip that switch or start to bring awareness that they might need the services that you offer? That's a great question. I usually try to work, you know, if the CEO isn't the toxic rock star, then I, I try to work at that CEO or senior, someone in that senior leadership level who is seeing that there is maybe not the productivity, maybe not the growth, maybe not, maybe they're getting higher turnover, maybe metrics aren't quite being met. Usually if you have a toxic rock star, things are happening but there is a lot of noise in the background. And, and I, I agree, so many executives are turning a blind eye to it. They're denying that it's going on. And you know, in some cases I can work with HR and try to see where, where might this be happening. And in the, in the really small organizations, it's tougher because they might not have HR, they might not have formal processes for reviews. But in the mid-sized companies, they're starting to get that formal structure, that formal support in. And then, you know, usually during a review, someone, you know, if they if they're able to do a 360 or able to do upward feedback in a performance review, something is coming out that there's, you know, and and mm -hmm. it's there's something coming out that says there's something going on that this leader's behavior isn't, you know, appropriate. And mm -hmm. When you've got people performing, you know, there's always the risk. People always are, the, the senior leadership is weighing the risk of this person's producing and what's the, the risk benefit, what's the, the risk benefit, risk reward of if I try to change their behavior, you know, is, is it, am I gonna still get the production from this person while raising, the production of everyone else. Of the, the problem, team. the problem is, is that even if you have this rock star, everyone else in the organization, the fear, they're in a fight, flight, or freeze. That level yeah. of fear is inhibiting their creativity, inhibiting innovation, inhibiting any kind of uh, creative problem solving. Yep. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. That's, that's, you've given us a lot to think about, Dottie. So um, if, if people are interested as they've they've gotten sort of a flavor of who you are and what you do, um, if they're interested in contacting you, getting in touch with you, what's the best way for people to reach out to uh, to in plain sight or to yourself to uh, to learn more? Probably just email me, which is Dottie, D-O-T-T-Y at inplainsightinc.com. And plain is P-L-A-I-N and site is S-I-G-H-T. All right. Awesome. So we'll get that. We'll try to make sure we've got that in the uh, 
in the header or in the footer of the uh, of the podcast. So thank you again, Dottie, for being on the podcast, Optics in Action, where we spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And I can see the vision that you have and the clarity that you have gained from self-experience and self-awareness and helping others. So thank you again for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It was great. Thank you for listening to the Optics in Action podcast. If you are interested in the podcast, we welcome you to subscribe on your preferred platform, follow us on LinkedIn, or learn more at epsoptics.com. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. This is Ryan Weiss thanking you for listening to Optics in Action.